Welcome to The Collective Rx, a wellness and personal development podcast for healthcare professionals who are ready to create a fulfilling personal and professional life. I'm your host, Julie Doan, pharmacist and certified life coach. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Collective Rx podcast. So today I have a wonderful guest with me, Melanie Jade Bulris, who is a nurse and entrepreneur. And one of the reasons I invited her is because when I think of like, who are the leaders in the healthcare field in Montreal, like obviously Melanie's name popped up in my mind. So I'm so glad that Melanie accepted to be a guest today. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Of course. So to maybe let listeners know a little bit more about you, could you share with us your journey so far? So yeah, my journey is I've done a lot in my 10 years of nursing. This year will actually mark in June will mark 10 years of me being a nurse. So it's it's a very Ooh, um, congratulations. Thank you. I'm happy. I, I it's a very interesting, it was an interesting 10 years given that we had a pandemic that slid in there. <laughs> um, um but yeah, so I am a graduate from John Abbott College. I did my deck there and I graduated in 2013. Um, and then I went to pursue my licensing exam, which is the OIQ, as we a lot of us know it as. Um, I was a, one of those special cases where it took me forever to get that licensing exam done. And we'll talk more in details about that later. But um, once I finally got that done, I pursued my bachelor's degree at St. Effects University. And I have a bachelor's in science and nursing that I'm very, very happy that I got. And I have my X-ring that I'm extremely proud of. Um, very, very supportive university. And um, during this time, when I graduated nursing school, I started off working in psychiatry for a couple of months. And then I kind of kept, kept that on while working in the emergency room. So I worked in the emergency room uh, for 10 years now in total. I started working emergency trauma for five years recently. And I last year I got... Um, promoted to being nursing coordinator for the MUHC, uh, also known as nurse resource manager, which is a very interesting, different job, but um, definitely different. It's a management position. And I've been uh, doing that ever since uh, at a hospital level, but on an entrepreneur level, it's a little bit different. So I started off my business in, um, as soon as I graduated I got my uh, nursing license and I opened up a um, a tutoring service or a mentor service for uh, nursing students, LPNs and RNs who are looking to, to get their licensing exam done. And once that pursued, I, um, I got opportunities and offers to open up companies with people or you work with contractors and whatnot. And so Nomadic Nurse Agency was born in August of 2019. And it was originally um, for nursing, emergency nursing services. So like you had big events we would be at and because we had a lot of emergency trauma and nurses and experienced people who were very interested in that field when fest just before festivals, um, before they were, that was put on a huge halt. And, um, we did that for, we, I, and we did that for a very short period of time. And then the pandemic hit and I took a different direction. So we started doing mobile nursing services at the time. And we also collaborated with a lot of pharmacies, which was also very interesting and very fun. Um, 
love working with pharmacists and the pharmacy techs and the teams there. Um, so we run with five, actually six now pharmacies in across the city, um, mainly in the West Island. And um, we collaborate with many pharmacies to provide nursing services. Um, and we did that during the pandemic, we did it at people's homes. And now that we're we're back in action in the clinics, we are, we're working at, within the, these pharmacies now. And during the pandemic was quite a heavy, heavy time. Um, learned a lot, but uh, it's now it's uh, it's taken um, a very pleasantly different path that I'm very excited for. Yeah, amazing. So, I mean, when I'm hearing your story, it's what really stands out for me. It's like, okay, not only did you start one business, you started two, then the pandemic hit. And after you were able to I mean, I know this word is like used way too often, but like pivot yes. uh, the, the business model. And it seems like, you know, you're really thriving in this new space that was perhaps not the original spot where you thought it would, you know, land, but like that's, that's life and entrepreneurship, right? It things pivots, things you, you turn left, you turn right, and you end up in a place where maybe it's even better than what you expected. Yeah, it's definitely an it was definitely an interesting um, turn of events. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so one of the, the reasons I invited you is to talk about entrepreneurship. And when we think about you know healthcare professionals, we're not, it's not always the, necessarily a path that is perhaps talked a lot about or even encouraged, you know, during our studies. And I'm curious to know for you, like what sparked that interest to start not only one, but like two businesses. And also like, what was your entrepreneurial like learning path like for you? So nursing school, I want to make this, I think every nurse can speak for this. Um, we are not taught to uh, to run a business in nursing school at all. Like, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but pharmacists have a little bit, they get a little bit of knowledge in regards of how to manage transactions um, or like kind of run a business. Because again, when you own a pharmacy, there is a business, pretty big business component for you guys. Um, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but I find you guys have a little bit more of a you guys are taught a little bit more than we are. I felt like we might've had like maybe one class or like a little bit, but it was more like if you wanted to become an, an owner of a pharmacy, uh, you could like take extra, um, extra classes, but let's say it wasn't part of our core, core learning, but you are right in the sense that it was kind of part of the like venues that we could explore. And like knowing that when you enter pharmacy, that's one of your venues. So business is kind of there but it's not necessarily like we're not really taught much business skills right so for us it's like zero like we have management course we don't but even in that we don't talk finances budget nothing we talk about how to manage nurses specifically and the the role of a nurse manager in Quebec is pretty much of a unit let's say uh, yes, you do have to manage your nurses and whatnot, but there's also a component of budget, finances, um, you know, these uh, uh, getting into politics a little bit because you're dealing with government officials that you have to report to in a way, because guess what? Um, Quebec is, <laughs> it's the healthcare system is government, right? So it's, um, there's a lot of big components to that. And when I uh, went into business, it was, I was inspired by I went to an event in 2018. It was Natasha Gargiulo, Maddie K. Hope hosting this event called I Am Her. 
and I won tickets and I wanted to go to their events so much. And these tickets were valued, like a high value ticket. I couldn't believe how much they were selling for. And people, when I got there, people bought those tickets and it was worth it. It was well worth it. Um, there was um, a panel of women that were discussing their business ventures and it was beyond inspirational for me. A lot of women on there just like sparked my eye. And um, of course, their two hosts were the main ones who sparked my eyes because I was look. I, that was the first time I met Natasha and Maddie. And it was by far the one. It was so inspirational that way we can do different things. And um, uh, two women that really caught my eye. There's many others, but two. But the two women that caught my eye were Solange and Tatiana Londono. And um, it was just, it was just moving that we can, that we can do such different things and we could design our life. Um, and I said, and, I, and that's what I was looking for. I was looking for like, you know, how can I make, yeah, I want to make more money, but like, you know, just this shift work and pay and, and like watching my money go to taxes. I'm like, you know, and it's, it's at one point you're living a little bit paycheck to paycheck because it's just becomes a little bit, you know, nurses, I'll be, well, let's be real here when it's not, it's no secret, but the pay scale for nurses is not very um, interesting in Quebec. Elsewhere, yes, it's it's quite appealing. In Quebec, we got to face the reality of it. It is not appealing anymore. Um, premiums are being cut and all that nature. But going back to the comment of um, entrepreneurship, it just, I, I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to, um, I wanted to, you know, be an advocate for nurses because I'm watching all of these social media people, uh, influencers um, who are nurses in the US just killing it in the game. And I'm like, why don't we have this here? Why don't we have that type of support? And of course, it comes down to, you know, the government doesn't like, I'll be honest, like it's, it's, they don't, the nurse, when nurses speak or when healthcare professionals speak, it's not, we'd obviously like to keep it a positive uh, mindset and uh, which is fine, but at, at the end of the day, there's some things to um, that the government needs help with in regards of making these decisions. So when I went into entrepreneurship, I really thought of how, what is the what is the need of the of the people, and how can I do it without costing an arm and a leg to people. And at the end of the day, um, the sad reality is. Um, the front costs of ensuring that a proper service is provided if you're lucky is is a lot because you got you still have uh provincial government um drawbacks you're still working with them on certain contracts on certain things so i i did everything in my power to see how can i make this affordable and accessible because primary healthcare includes of many components five components and one of them is accessibility and universality and um, unfortunately, it was uh, we've we're the accessibility was not there uh, for many. And at the time of the before the pandemic, it was very hard to convince people to pay for a healthcare service that should be included in their taxes. And I understand that it's your bat. It's a pretty big battle. And then after the pandemic happens and limits accessibility is cut down to such a severe point, and it's still cut down. Um, which is not acceptable. And then that's when I decided, you know what, let me, let me, I have resources, I can help. And I did. And 
And the only word I have for that is holy shit. It was wild. (laughs) It was insane. The pandemic was a wild ride. So the first couple of months I did it alone. And I don't know how I did it alone. I really don't. I thought this was going to be like, okay, I'm just tying up some loose ends for my pharmacies, making sure that my pharmacists are happy. And then going from there, it ended up being a two year, two to three year project. That's still lingering till this day. That's still going on till this day. And I'm like, shit, like, what did I sign up for? Um, but it was, it was, it, it, I, I, the drive was, was like my, the fire was crazy. Like it was, and that's when I realized, okay, I can help people and I can make a difference. And, um, it's not always going to be perfect the first time around, but it's, it's, it's gonna, it, the heart will be there and I will work on making it as, as perfect as possible for my clients. It's mm, amazing. And like, even when I'm, hearing your your journey was like you identified the things that was lacking right and the the current way of caring in our healthcare system and at the same time it was like okay I know I have this I identified this problem like what do I do with this now and at the same time you were exposed to women who created a path of their own Mm -hmm. and it showed you like wow like something else is possible for me that hasn't been shown to me in the way my education of like nursing was set up and like combining those two together, it helped you create your own solution to the problem that you saw. And as you mentioned, you know, you you go in and it's, it's like a wild ride and you're like, wow, I was not expecting this, but I'm going to keep on going because you saw how much people like needed it. Right. And you mentioned keeping the flame alive of this wild ride. And I'm curious to know, with the ups and downs that entrepreneurship has, what helps you stay committed to to that, especially when there's like the downs? It's a very good question. Um, Because the downs can hit hard. And it's a lot harder than you think. And it's a lot harder than what you portray on social media. And I think the one and the one I'm going to give this as an example, the one people, the one uh, company that I appreciate watching. And I I don't want to say that I benefit from watching their downs because it has, it's not in a bad way. It's in a inspirational way because, and these people are very open about their downs in a very vulnerable way. That's, that's beautiful. That's absolutely heartwarming. And it's, it's, it's a way for, and they do it for, for people to learn. They do it for, it's, they do it in a, such a great way for us to be like, wow, like the this multi-million dollar company has their downs too. And if they can do it, we can do it. And they make sure that we we set that head space and it's midday squares. Like I, if I'm feeling down and it's, and again, it's not to be because it's not to look at their stuff because, okay, like they're going down. So I'm going down too. So I don't feel as bad. It's not that at all. It's literally like, okay, I'm normal. Mm-hmm. We are normal. Like these downs are, you got to remind yourself that it's normal and it does come with some tears. It, it, it does like comes with sleepless nights, but the, the down that I had that I just found, um, not okay. Like there's one thing to have a financial down and, you know, you'll find ways to make it up. You'll find ways if you want to make it up, you can make it up. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta just work at it. And it's, it, it's there, the money will come, but if your heart is no longer in it or your mind is no longer in it, your soul's no longer in it, that, that's it. You, no money is going to come your way. 
nothing. You cannot do anything for the sole purpose of finances. Like it's not going to work. You have to do it. Um, the law of attraction is a big thing. And if you want to, if you were thinking negatively, you're going to attract negative. And that was the one thing that um, was important for me is because when my health started to take a huge spiral down, a huge spiral, um, that was my low, if I want to put it that way. And, um, what, and that's when I was giving into certain situations that I just felt, yeah, I'll do it because I, I want to help. But at a certain point, I wasn't setting proper boundaries um, with myself and with my company um, to, um, to because this, it was too much. It was either too much or wasn't the right fit. Biggest one was it was not the right fit. And just because someone is interested in you doesn't always mean that it's the right fit. doesn't mean that they're bad people either. It just means, is it going to work? Yes or no. You don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. And you don't have to be manipulated for that either. Like it's, it's, it's as simple as it's as that. But again, it comes back down to how do I get through the lows? Like as soon as I knew I identified why I was low, once you've identified that, then you take action into it or you, you put the work in. And that was, um, by that was the biggest, um, hurdle. That was the biggest, uh, identifying what is it that is bringing me to this low. And, and when you realize that it's like, no, it's not really my operations. It's not my team. It's not, it's me. What is wrong with me? Cause I'm the, I'm, I'm the core of this business. It's me. That's running this show. Like if, if everything around you is just not fitting, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not around you. It means start with you first and then work your way out. Mm, definitely. And to touch upon what you said is def like normalizing the lows is definitely, I feel like a big component because when you normalize it, it's when you're able to actually be curious about like why you're feeling low versus, um, you know, I had this conversation with other entrepreneurs before when we don't normalize the lows, we kind of avoid it and we pretend like, oh, it's not there. And we just keep on going. And that obviously is, you know, is, is not the best route to go um, to. And having other people share, you know, having candid conversation about their low is, I feel like it really helps us build resiliency, you know? So again, seeing that it's normal for other people to go down. And again, it's not like we, that we benefit from seeing other people go down, but what I think like, and what, as you said, like midday squares does so well, I feel it's the, how do you navigate through that and how do you support themselves as a team and get back up for me when I see that is like resiliency and the, you know, if they're down and they're getting back up, like I can also get back up. So you touch upon this and I feel like it's a great part to uh, a way to switch to conversation of self-care, setting those boundaries, knowing what to say yes and no to. I know you are a big advocate for, for that, uh, especially on your social media, you've been sharing uh, about that and you even wrote, and I'm going to be quoting one of your posts, that protecting your peace is by far more valuable, no matter how much you love what you're doing. So I'm curious to know, like, what does protecting your peace looks like for you in the, in the days where your health was deteriorating, but also like today, what does that look like? Protecting my peace means something very different than it did a year ago. Very, very different. Protecting my peace means 
it 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 means that I am protecting myself, but how do you protect your peace and how do you protect yourself? It pretty much comes back down to um, what is in your environment. So we talk about self-care, but we don't, it's not just bubble baths and facials and getting your nails done as much as I love to incorporate that in my self-care, but it's not just that. That's, that's stuff that you can, that's stuff that, um, that's a little on the superficial side. It makes a difference, but it only does so much. It's a bandaid on a bullet hole. If you got a bullet hole wound type of thing. And protecting my peace is really incorporating doing the tough stuff that you didn't think you needed to do, or you didn't, you've been neglecting. So for example, my health, um, during the pandemic, it was very hard to accommodate your health. Let's be real with it. Get to a gym was next to impossible. And as much as like, and we're going to like, you know, let's call it what it is. Like, yes, there's a lot of germs in a gym and there's a lot of things that can happen. And we weren't sure what we were dealing with at the time, but I was, I was one of those people that went on the underground gym things. And I did my workouts because you want to know why I did that? Because if I didn't do that, I would have hundred percent been in a different place than I am today. I would have a hundred percent been injured while going to the gym, or I would have not, my health would have been, I wouldn't have picked up on being better uh, for my health. Or I just, it, it was just, I needed, I knew at that time that with all the stress I was going through during the pandemic, um, I needed to figure, I need, I couldn't just not do something with myself. I couldn't, as much as it was it was very hard some days because I was exhausted. I would finish a four, four 12 hour night shifts in a row, work all the way uh, during the day. And then I would go to bed at like what, 10 PM to start back at 7 AM. Like, and that's just that in itself, as much as you're hustling, that's not self-care. That is hundred percent not self-care. That was a big mistake on my part. I, I did not set that boundary on that end, but at that time, if it was a regular day and there wasn't a pandemic, I don't think I would have done that. But I think during that time when things were uncertain, unclear, chaotic, messy, you know, I, I, I said, you know what, this is a once in a lifetime thing. And I think I'm just going to take it on for what it is and see it. But if I were to turn back time, pandemic or no pandemic, I don't think I would have put in that much force into, um, into the, into my work at that time, because I, my cortisol level shot up so high that I was gaining weight at an exponential level, just by looking at food. I wasn't even eating yet. And I was just like, I, I was working out, I'd gain weight. I'd not eat, I'd gain weight. I'd eat, I'd gain weight. It was just, and it was, I, and the, the protecting my peace was identifying what is disturbing my peace. And you need to, and that, that's what you need to identify. What is making you not be yourself? What is disrupting the things that are keeping you from being healthy, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, the whole thing? And that was a hard struggle uh, at the beginning of business because I didn't understand that and nor did nursing school teach you to protect your peace um, because in nursing school, we're taught a lot of like compassion, giving, giving, caregiver, we're a giver. Mm -hmm. When do we receive? 
is the question. And this is not just for nurses. This is anybody working in health or even teachers or other. When do you refill your cup and how do you do it? And it was harder than I thought to identify what I needed to fuel my cup. It took me years to figure out what I needed to fuel my cup. And I finally got the math down um, a lot more. I definitely got, and it's thanks to my family, my friends, reconnecting with certain friends. And, you know, it's just cleaning my environment and and sometimes like, and one of the things that was a big thing that helped me clean that up was journaling. I did not realize how messy my mind was outside of within my personal life until I wrote it on a piece of paper. And I'm like, oh, it literally looks like a, like, it doesn't make sense. And these are not, these are not good thoughts or these are good. These are the good thoughts you should be keeping ahead. These are, and, and it's funny how the social media algorithm started changing when I literally started scrolling on certain posts that I just not interested in. It's insane how, what you look at is what is on social media is a reflection of what you're thinking. Like TikTok is a huge one. Like I get, um, positive affirmation stuff and like Mary Kondo cleaning methods (laughs) all on my TikTok, like crazy and nursing memes and nurse John is everywhere on my stuff. But outside of that, like, I mean, I, when I see something, I I scroll, I scroll, I can't, I can't listen to it. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it it just clogs. So that's all these components of protecting my peace and it can go on for hours about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you're so right in terms of the environment. It's like, what are we, especially like when you even look at social media, like what are we feeding our minds, what nourishing our, our minds with? So when we talk about, you know, taking care of the body, it's like, yes, we think about the movement. We think about the foods that we're fueling our body with, but it's also like, what are we fueling our minds with? What are, kind of relationships are we, are we keeping? And, you know, when you talk about even healthy boundaries, just t- touching back on your point of as nurses or healthcare professionals, we weren't thought healthy boundaries. Again, we were like thought to say, yes, we can't like refuse a patient in a certain set, like, yes, we can refer them, but we're meant to, or expected to say yes to absolutely every patient that, that comes to us. And I think it's in our caring nature, but again, whether it's in our career or creating a business, it's taking a step back from what we were thought to like to do and being like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Like I'm actually able to say no, whether it's say no to an extra shift or, you know, say no to a potential business opportunities. We need to really take a step back and see like, is this aligned with what I want? And I know that word aligned is also used, uh, you know, a lot and kind of wondering what the, what does that even mean, but kind of doing the work, inner work that you did of whether it's food journaling or just taking a step back and like what disturbs my peace, but also what contributes to my peace and saying yes to the things that actually do contribute to my peace or fill my cup up. Right. And as you mentioned, it's something that takes self-discovery. It takes time to learn what that is, but once you get a clearer sense, I feel like that's like a really good filter to help you say yes to certain things and say no to, to other things. And I don't know if you ever heard this quote before. It's called body first, business second. And I feel like it could also be body first or career second, you know, if you don't have a business. And I don't know if this is something you that resonates with you, but I see my body as like the vessel in which I'm going to be accomplishing and sharing my gifts with 
with the world and helping people with, and I have to really take care of that body first in order for me to live that life that I want to be living. So I don't know if that resonates with you. Absolutely. Because if you do not take care of your body, that business is going to crumble as fast as your body. Hmm. You got to remember that everything around you will crumble as fast as your body will crumble. And that's when we head into depression, anxieties, traumas, PTSD, things like that. Um, you're going to go through things in life. You're going to go through things in business. You're going to make a good business decision. You're going to make a bad business decision. Um, you need to know how to get up from that. And it's by, and getting up from those decisions is what's going to make or break you. Um, and it's going to create that resilience, but again, it takes you to fix your environment because if you're making in, in order for you to identify that you're making a bad business decision or a career decision as well, like this is again, or life decision, you need to identify a couple of things. You need to be able to identify, okay, I'm making, I, I made this decision. It's not so good. How do I recoup from it? You can't sit there and ponder off of like, oh my God, this is terrible. You can think about it for a bit. You can cry about it for a little bit, but you remember something's got to give, something's got to run. You got to keep on, you got to try to find a way to keep on moving. And the way you come up from that will, will build you so much character and it's going to take time. You got to give your, you got to be patient with yourself. You gotta be so patient and you gotta identify again those things that are contributing to that piece, which I love that. And one thing that um I read also, a quote I read was um we tend to uh we uh we tend to um uh change the flower if it doesn't fit the if it doesn't fit the environment, but we never think of changing the flower from the environment. So if you put a flower in outside right now, do you think it's going to grow? No, this is not the environment for a flower to grow right now. You need, or is, so now you got to put yourself in, okay, when is this flower going to be able to grow or where is this flower going to be able to grow? So do you wait for a divine timing or do you choose the divine location? And do you move do you move now and go somewhere else and do you, or do you stay and you wait when the timing is right that is up to you that is not um a dis that's not something that you just um um that that that, that come that's an answer just to everybody that is up to you what works for you um the environment that you're in is by far the most crucial and whoever you surround yourself with and whoever, whatever you feed your mind with is by far the most crucial because if you continue to think negative and you get lost in your negative thoughts, you're going to continue to go into that spiraling down. And it's very hard. The lower you go, the more you think negatively, the lower you go, the harder it is to pick yourself up because the, because getting up is just that much higher and that much more difficult. The climb is that much more difficult. Um, you got to be open to therapy. If you're in business and you're not in therapy, I don't know what you're doing. If you're in healthcare and you're not in therapy, I don't know what you're doing. If you're a human and not in therapy, I don't know what you're doing. You want to know why? Because it's just like going for a checkup at the doctor. Mind you, at Quebec, it's a little bit difficult to get there. <laughs> but Let's say if it wasn't so difficult, everyone gets their annual. Why are we not getting our 
or quarterly or annual even mental checkup, making sure that the things are, our pipes and screws are working good. Everything's nice and tight. We're, we're, we're thinking straight. Like, you know, I'm no, have zero shame to say that I go to therapy and it's not because I I'm someone to be fixed. I'm someone to be maintained because I have high maintenance shit in my life. I'm high maintenance in my head. I need that to stay high maintenance. It's just like how I get my nails done, how I make sure I get my facial every so often, how I like to go for my massages. Well, guess what? My, my mind is high maintenance because I got no time to spiral down if I, as, as, and go down as hard as I used to, because if I don't maintain what I have, it's the spiral is going to be so much harder. Now, if anything happens in my life, I've learned to adjust and yeah, it'll take time to, you know, if I, if I need to cry it out, I will cry it out. It's normal. But at the same time, like I've learned to be, it's being compassionate to yourself. It's just being kind to yourself. It's, it's the self, it's what contributes to protecting my peace. Hmm. And even, I know, like all of a sudden I'm having the parallel of the way we approach right now, health, our healthcare system, like we, we wait until things you need to get quote unquote fixed or until we're really sick to, before we consult versus going more on a preventative basis and taking care of our bodies. It's also like, I see it kind of reflected in the way we take care of ourselves in terms of self-care. It's like, again, for therapy, it's like, it's not because you're broken or you need to be fixed. It's like, you want to be maintained or like, for me, I even see like, cause I want to be thriving in life. I don't want to just be like, you know, waiting until I'm down in the dumpsters before I get help. It's like, I'm getting help and support now because I want to live this incredible life. I want to accomplish these incredible things. I want to be thriving. And in order to do that, I need my support team. And it's like, you don't have to do these alone. It's great to have a support team. I've also done therapy in the past. I've also had, you know, life coaches and for my bodies, like I have like my Cairo, my massages. I'm like, I have a whole team of people just caring for my body and I love it. And it helps me feel my best. And I feel like that idea of it's okay. It's good for us to feel our best. It's good for us to thrive. You know, don't wait to get support when you're really just, just feeling down, you know? So mm-hmm. I know that was just coming up to my mind when you were sharing about, you know, the, the importance of maintenance. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Being high maintenance for your body and mind is by far the best gift you can give to yourself for a, like for a long, happy quality life, because, um, Working in emergency trauma, um, I see two things. I see when life ends too quickly and I see when life ends because we didn't take care of ourselves. And I see lives end at, I see lives end at, uh, you know, when they were supposed to. And old age, um, you know, it's just time. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen many ways of people passing away. And, um, if there's anything I've learned is that um, being, if a lot of the times it's like, if they just took care of themselves and it is, and I was on my, I was recently on a couple of friends cases about that. And um, it's just, it's when I, there's certain things that when I see people not see people, I love particularly not caring for themselves in the way that they should not saying that they're not doing things intentionally. 
it's just they they're 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 sometimes you can just be lost and like I don't know what to do with myself I don't know like because again it's hard to navigate this healthcare system so I can't anybody who's having a hard time taking care of themselves in regards of their health on the on a on a medical level I listen the doctors are doing what they can, the nurses are doing what they can, the pharmacists, every multidisciplinary team member is doing what they can, but unfortunately the resources are not reflecting um, what you deserve. And um, that is not your fault. Um, and a lot of times it is not the healthcare professional's fault either. So it's just, we're dealing with, we're trying to make do with what we have, okay? Um, and a lot, and I have a lot of friends that are in that situation, family, but, and keep in mind, like I work in healthcare and I, to, for me to get a family doctor was was tough, it was tough, tough, tough. And luckily I have a, like I was managed to get a, a doctor. And then I said, you know what? Like, let me see what I can do for some of my friends. And I just lined them up and I was like, all right, here we go. Like, let's get these things done. And because I want to see my friends live and my family live a long, happy life. I want to see them live um a quality life. Um, I want them to see the world. I want them, I want them to win. Cause that's a thing. Like, it's just, when I see people, um, coming in and it's like, oh, this could have been prevented. Some of it is like, yeah, you get the clients, the patients that are just like, you know, they just didn't want to take care of it. That's a the different client. That's a different type of person. You lived your quality of life that you thought was best for you. So there's no judgment on that. But then there was, um, but then there's the people that just didn't have access. Like, you know, I tried to call a doctor and that's the saddest part. It's like, I tried to call a doctor. I went to the farm. It's like when I worked in triage, I get people saying, listen, like I have a, young girls coming in. I have a UTI. I know it's going to get up, become a pilo. They know the diagnoses. They don't, they don't say pyelonephritis. They say pilo. I'm like, we, that's the term we use in like we say on the floors, like with amongst us health professionals and they know what their bodies are doing and they've gotten down to the, 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 the professional lingo. And they're saying, listen, I know it's going to happen this way. I just need someone to prescribe me antibiotics, but no one can prescribe it for me because I had a UTI a month ago and I need a doctor to do it because the pharmacist, it doesn't, it doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, how can I be mad at that? You're doing what you can. You're coming to my triage and emergency at 10 p.m. and you don't know what to do. I can't be up, disup, like, it's not like you're, you're not utilizing your healthcare resources properly. You don't, I literally listed to them. As soon as I get cases like that, when I worked in triage, did you try this? Did you try that? Did you try? I give them a list and they're like, a lot of them recently, when I worked in triage, exhausted every single thing I offered, I, I presented to them. Every single thing. And that's the sad part. That's the sad part. And um, I was disappointed to see that. And I wouldn't want my friends or family to go through that. So I cracked down the whip on, on my family to get that done and my friends to get that done. I just found it super important given that I know, and especially since a lot of them, I know family histories, I know um, I know, uh, I know what's happened to my family and I know what's happened to their families. And I know what's happened. I, I know the cascade of events. And it's almost like, it's almost like for us between uh, from healthcare professional to healthcare professional, it's like, you can, it's almost like a prediction for us. It's almost like we're psychic. If you give me a family history, I can tell you what your future is going to be like. If you don't continue, if you don't stop doing this, 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 and it's, even when they walk into triage or when you have a client that comes in, um, into your pharmacy and they're like starting on new 
medications. They don't open a file. You can tell, you can see, I, I mean, me, when I worked, I can see you're diabetic, have hypertension, high cholesterol. You got, the, you have the metabolic syndrome. I can see the whole thing. Or when women walk in and they're like, I have endometriosis and you can tell like, how they're the, the how the hormonal shift is, is shifting their body and you're like okay that that's not normal this is normal like you know and um or like oh or my favorite pcos which is what i have i'm able i can identify a p uh, someone who has pcos like that like and they and they're like i didn't know i could be diagnosed with that i'm like well a lot of us don't know because it's a hard thing to diagnose and it's again not a healthcare professional's fault all the time. Yeah, it's sometimes not even accessible, and they're overworked as a GP and stuff like that. But you know, luckily my my doctor, he I gotta give a big shout out to Doctor Zaruk. He's amazing. This guy changed my life. Um, one of the main people's people has changed my life, and he's a colleague of mine and a friend. And um he's a the man can diagnose like anything he's fabulous like this one of my favorite doctors I've ever worked with in my career and uh he he's changed he's helped my family he's helped my friends he's helped amazing takes on a lot but he's he's fabulous and uh gotta give credit where it's due <laughs> definitely and I can see like a whole all of a sudden people lining up and like trying to google him being like can he be my family doctor too <laughs> So, I mean, before we end this, this wonderful conversation, I wanted to see with you, if you would have some words of advice to whether it's the nurses or healthcare professionals who are like listening to your story and you're really, I would say it's out of the ordinary kind of journey that you have and who are like, okay, do you want to they're inspired to create their like own path. Just the same way as when you went to that uh, that conference and these women with just extraordinary careers and the things that you created themselves inspired you. What what would you say is like one or, or two steps or like advice that you would suggest to people to just get them started on exploring or creating a new a new future, a new path for themselves? So one thing that I found extremely helpful is gather your, the people, you know, who do you know in your circle already that can help you with this project? And if you don't know anybody, which was kind of my situation ish, knock on doors and it doesn't always have to be healthcare related business. I learned from great women men. I've worked for many people, um, how to do it is I did not go to business school or anything like that. I, you know, sometimes I think I've got a, to get a certificate, but, um, the reality is sometimes is it's just like, I learned so much from, um, my, the people like mentors, getting a mentor is one thing, but you, one thing you gotta have, you, another thing you have to do is, knock on the doors and don't be afraid when they shut because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no and you just knock again and they might just say no again but there's going to be another knock you're going to make and it can be a absolute yes so don't stop knocking on doors because you'll never you never know which one will open and give you an opportunity of a lifetime and don't underestimate yourself imposter syndrome is a real thing um but do not underestimate your power because people started from the bottom and it it doesn't necessarily mean that they it doesn't necessarily mean that they had everything in order look at 
Jeff Bezos, for example, like these people started from a garage. It just, it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't, it does you're not going to, you just got to be patient with yourself and make sure that you, you understand where you're going and you know, you have the right people in your corner and be okay with setting boundaries and limiting yourself from being around negative mindsets and do things every day that bring you into a positive mindset. That's by far been my number one winner is just one thing that's been saving my grace is journaling. Um, I do it almost every day and I, it's, it's by far the most relieving and you take one, you, I do, I take one journal and I write what I'm grateful for. And then I write things that happened in my day or what a lot of people doing is manifesting. Um, they do scripting. So they'll do things of like, it doesn't feel normal, but you talk like you have something already. So like, if you wanted that, if your business made a million dollars, they'll talk about what would it feel like to be a person that has a million dollar business and what would they sound like? And they would write it out. So things like that, that puts you in a positive mindset that puts you in this, in, in a mindset that, that you're going to achieve it, or you're already have achieved it means that it's just for you to grab it. I love that. Especially love the, the last part. And I don't know if you do this too. It's like, I have conversations with my future self, like the, this, this myself who has, you know, achieved the goals, who has what I desire. And sometimes, you know, she just gives me little pep talks either. Like you can do it. And sometimes she's like tough love and like, okay, put your grown up panties on and like <laughs> go and do the work. Right. Sometimes it's just like this too shall pass, you know, you're in a down perfect let's go, but trust that like what you want is there waiting for you. So I really love, I love that idea. Yeah. It's uh, it's right in front of you. You just got to grab it. And like, that's why I put a lot of whatever my friends or family are doing is doing to open a business or anything or whatever they're doing in their career. I love to be their number one cheerleader. I love it because um, I love to, see, I, I, when they do something well, I love to, I like to see them win because it means that we all win at the end of the day. It means that we're all succeeding and, you know, and I only want to be a surround, surrounded by people who are, who are winning, but again, at the same time, like I want to make, but that means that they're my, that they're winning in their mindset. They're winning in their life They're winning in, in everything, because I need to feel myself with the right people. And I know the right people are around me because they're winning in their own ways. And when my friends have businesses or have things, I will like, I will seriously, I'll go on a crazy rampage of saying like, did you see this? Did you see this? Like, I just got this, I just got this new bracelet and like, it's my friend made it for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a nutcase with that. And it's almost like, it's like, I'm a walking advertisement. Like I will like, oh, you need somebody for this. Okay. I know. Like I try to, I love connecting the dots because it makes everybody, makes everybody win. Yes. You're like an amazing hype woman. That's, <laughs> which is like that's it. I hype. like being a hype woman. I love it. Amazing. So thank you so much, Melanie, for this conversation. And if the listener wants to reach out to you, whether it's to share how you've inspired them or, you know, just want to connect with you, how can they reach you? 
So they can reach me on Instagram uh, at nurse Melanie Jade B. And you can also find me on LinkedIn as well under Melanie Jade Belarus. And uh, I have also Nomadic Nurse Agency at uh, for Instagram as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me.